Hello, I'm Bob Ross, and I'd like to welcome you to the 15th Joy of Painting series. First of all, I'd like to thank you for inviting me back for another series of painting shows. And if this is your first time with us, let me extend a personal invitation for you to get out your brushes and paint along. Or tell you what, just drag up the old easy chair and spend a relaxing half hour enjoying some of nature's masterpieces. For decades, countless folks have tuned in to Bob Ross and the joy of painting casually to calm down, maybe catch some Z's, a soothing symphony of brushstrokes, and one bushy-haired man's gentle instructions. Maybe this is going to be a big old cloud that just sort of floats around here and has a good time. As I've mentioned before in other shows, clouds are extremely free. They just sort of float around and they just enjoy being there. And when you paint clouds, think about that. Then there are the folks who watch Bob more intently, hanging on every happy little word. They know Bob's famous catchphrases by heart and can recite them at will. Instead of specific episodes, I remember, I remember certain sayings, the classic... There's no such thing as accidents, just happy mistakes. Ooh, try again. In contrasting the colors, he says you need the light and you need the dark, just like in life. He's a wise man, a very, very wise man. Better. How about you, miss? He said, I'm 6'2", but my son is 6'5", and he always calls me shorty. And if you've seen Steve, my son on the show, that little son of a gun is almost 6'5", now. So he's, he calls me shorty. Dorothy Bolger is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. She's 92 years young. Every morning, she watches Bob Ross on television. She takes her joy of painting like a vitamin. Hi, welcome back. I'm glad to see you again. And today I think we'll do a vertical painting, fantastic little painting. Maybe we'll put a couple little buildings in it. When the world shut down a few years ago, a lot of us turned to Bob. He helped us cope. He helped us chill. And he gave folks like Dorothy some purpose. A chance to bond with her son, Kevin, and an activity that provided comfort. I must have done 40 paintings already. Don't be afraid of this brush because it looks big. It'll do unbelievable things for you. Make it your friend. Your brushes need to be your friend. Learn what they will do. A lot of times when Dorothy finishes a Bob Ross painting, she passes it down the family tree. It's her way of sharing her joy of painting with her grandchildren, all 14 of them. A lot of times you want to teach a friend or maybe a grandchild or something. This is a good painting to start a first-time first painter on. And her 30 great-grandchildren. Another nice thing about painting, you know, doesn't matter if you're 8 or 80. It works just as well for young people as it does for us older people. And don't forget her two great-great-grandchildren. Wow, all right, so that's quite a legacy. Yeah, quite a family. Yep, there's a whole lot of branches on this happy little tree. And you're going to see a few little trunks and limbs here and there. Okay, it's fantastic that you can build a tree that easy. And if I'm doing the math right, Dorothy Bolger still owes about six of these kids a painting. But who's counting? Dorothy isn't just making art for her family. She's also making great memories. And a lot of the kids remember, too. And they'll say, I remember when we did this or that, you know. Even though she holds Bob Ross in such high esteem, Dorothy's love affair with art didn't start there. I've been with uh, Walt Disney years ago. Never heard of him. Oh, come on. <laughs> was doing all of his uh, different ones that he had and I'd get big sheets of paper. My dad worked at a printing company and then I'd go for it, you know, and start doing the drawings and that. They didn't turn out too bad. Who have you drawn? The characters? Jose Carioca. You know him? No. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you I can't blame me. I know, Carioca. you know, I know Donald Duck. Yeah, well, uh, he was <laughs> dancing with him. 
They had a movie together. Is that the uh, the Three Caballeros? Yes. We're Three Caballeros, Three Gay Caballeros. They say we are birds of a feather. All right, so I didn't know that was the character's name, but I've seen the Three Caballeros, so give me a little credit, you know. Here you go. And soon after her romance with Walt What's-His-Name, Dorothy fell into the almighty arms of Bob Ross. Can you believe, can you believe what some of these people are doing? And they're learning this from watching the show and just practicing. Isn't that fantastic? Boy, that, that just makes me so proud. And Dorothy Bolger, in spite of her age and with the approval of her many family descendants, is still making time to paint along with Bob. And when she doesn't have time to paint, she always makes time to watch. You can wake up every morning and just know that this is something you're going to look forward to and partake oh, yes, in. Yeah, absolutely. that's amazing. But I never know what time he's coming on. He's comes. They don't do TV Guide anymore? Is that not? Well, this was, <laughs> I think it was one o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, you can just basically watch him whenever you want now. Just, you know, get on the old YouTube and, 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 and have, well, and have a blast. All those kicky things. <laughs> <laughs> Kids these days with I'm their... not tech savvy. <laughs> The joy of painting appeals to all types. The young, the old, the tech nerds and the Luddites. The painters, the nappers, and the dreamers. Whether we watch on a TV set or a tablet, just like Dorothy Bolger, we keep on watching. Ooh, there's a nice little sparkler. See, but do one bush at a time. I know sometimes it looks like when you're watching here, I get carried away and just do a bunch of them at once. But they're little individuals. Each one has a personality. Each one's my friend. Shoot, sometimes I give them names even. Do one at a time. One at a time. Take some Indian yellow, a little bright red. Let's put just a little something on this tree. We don't want him left out. There we go. Cookie Monster, you know, you were very good in the museum. You didn't need any of the pictures or the statues. Oh, oh, Bob. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. When I was a little kid growing up in New York City, my uncle took me to the American Museum of Natural History. Uncle Sal bought me a Triceratops model kit that I still remember putting together as soon as we returned to my grandparents' house in Brooklyn. Ladies and gentlemen, Museum is closing. Closing time. Sorry, folks. Time to go home now. Picture's got to get some shut-eye. Okay, okay, pal. I'm trying to paint the picture here. Sheesh. Anyway, there are all kinds of museums. The Museum of Ice Cream, the Johnny Cash Museum, but most museums display famous art. At the Prado in Madrid, you can see the works of Francisco Goya. The whole Goya Beanery. Goya. Oh, boy. Andy Warhol's paintings of Campbell soup cans hang inside MoMA. With real sirloin. It's the soup that eats like a meal. And inside a two-story house in Minatrista, you can gaze upon peaks of majesty. See these peaks, all these little peaks. They need shadows behind them, so they stand out as individuals. There. Give them some little shadows. Minatrista is a 40-acre museum and garden. We are the home of the ball jar, so it's ball canning jars, home canning, preserved food. We are a legacy site and a community gathering place. In the late 1800s, the Ball Brothers moved their glass company from Buffalo, New York to Indiana. Muncie became the forever home of the iconic ball jar. A century later, the Ball family founded Minatrista, a 
place that can be hard to spell, and also hard to see all in one day. It spans 40 acres. On our site, we are five historic homes, uh, we are historic gardens, uh, but we're also a nature area, three gallery spaces, and really, the whole point of Minatrista is we're a place where the community can come together and uh, spend time together having shared experiences leading to a higher quality of life. George Buss is the vice president of visitor experience here. He claims over 100,000 folks visit these 40 acres year-round. They've come from every state in America and beyond. And the major attraction on this land is the historic home we're standing in. This is the house where the joy of painting was filmed. You know, I get a lot of, a lot of letters also, people asking if there's any possibility of seeing these paintings that are done on television. And recently, the Minatrista Cultural Center here in Muncie has started a tour that's going to go all over the country. And they have, well, in fact, they'll, they'll, have, the, they'll have the entire television set. Bob Ross filmed a huge chunk of his iconic TV show inside this house. <laughs> yep, I can still smell the joy. We have a community who take pride in this place and aspire to a brighter future. And so finding stories that do that is really our core. And so this was the story to tell, getting out the story that not only did Bob Ross come to Muncie and want to be in Muncie, but also that the joy of painting was created by people who lived and worked here at WIPB. Way before home offices became common, the folks in Muncie used this entire home to run public television station WIPB. And so, in a way, Bob Ross had to come home to go to work. So let's build a house. We've got to have a house. And this is not a TV studio George and I are standing in. It's a living room. It just happens to be the same room Bob Ross painted a whole lot of paintings in while we all watched along at home. Now with a clean, dry brush, I'm going to blend the sky together. And you can spend some time blending this. You want it to really, really blend together beautifully. And now the house where so many happy little trees were born, so many brushes beaten, so many canvases colored, has become an immersive Bob Ross experience. I first interviewed at Minatrista several years ago. I was taking a tour and we walked into storage and we were walking past all of our fine art racks and they said, oh, and we have a few Bob Ross paintings. And I said, like the PBS painter? Hi, I'm Bob Ross and I'm glad you're with me today. Jessica Jenkins is the vice president of collections and storytelling at Minatrista. Once Jessica discovered that Bob Ross was part of the history here, she and George knew that there were stories to tell inside this house. I mean, there's a real power of place being in the spot where Bob stood. We were able to activate this house in a way that really brought our community into it and really made it a very living house, which for me, houses are that. They live, they continue on, so we got to do some fun stuff. Just let the light come through and bounce and play and have fun wherever you want it. There we go, no pressure. Absolutely no pressure. We thought to ourselves, you know, what will we call this place? And honestly, the word experience made the most sense to us because Bob is an experience. Mm -hmm. The joy of painting is an experience. When you take a painting class, that's an experience. The important thing is not ending with a finished painting. It's learning how to do mountains or whatever it is that you want to learn. And when you're painting at home, look at, look at each painting. Each painting is a learning experience. We've built this space to definitely be not that traditional museum experience yeah. where you walk into 
a gallery with, you know, it's very quiet, the lights are set, you just kind of walk around the walls and look at things. And here we're asking you to truly experience the space. We want you to touch things. We want you to explore. Sort of look around your house and see what kind of trees you have. I know I'm gonna get a letter from somebody and say, Bob, all I got is a maple tree in my yard. Well, you can put a maple tree in yours. For some visitors, once they've crossed the threshold, it's like they're on holy land. We've seen it happen hundreds of times where people pause at the door, look at the easel and say, is that where he painted? Um, and that's really what's on display more than anything else, is the, the power of Bob's presence in this place. That power can mostly be felt in the room we're standing in. Ooh, and there's Bob's original paint palette. And to its right, a monstrous TV studio camera, a metal dinosaur, where a brave camera person once stood as Bob beat the devil out of his brush. Okay, let me wash this brush so we'll have a clean. I've got all my brushes dirty. <laughs> we have to splatter the cameraman every once in a while to make sure he's awake. We have some paintbrushes encased. What is this, Lucite? <laughs> it's acrylic, but pretty much the same kind of product, different brand. They seem to be labeled. I would assume these are actual brushes that Bob used. Yeah, these are Bob's. So these are all four that are in this case here are ones that he personally used. And there's some interesting little things about them. So you mentioned that they're labeled. So they have these handwritten marks on them with marker. And what's going on here is... Bob used to design his own brushes and he was constantly trying to improve his products. So what he used to do, they would put new designs into test production and Bob would paint with them on the show. We'll get a one inch brush here. Let's pull that right through this dark color. Pull it through, wiggle it, wiggle it. That brings it to a nice sharp point. Okay, let's go back up here. Maybe there's a happy little evergreen. There's some other ones here that make me think he actually kept using these on the show for quite a bit longer. You'll see a couple of these with this duct tape up around the ferrule. What that's doing is he's masking the overshininess of the metal on the production of the brush because that would catch the studio lights and put out glare when they were filming. So he would just put duct tape around it, you know, really low tech solution to that. And the fact that he did that makes me think that that's because he kept using this one. And they're of course here mounted on, I think what is for most people like the thing to come see. Exactly, which is, is his easel. This is when you have to have a good steady easel, good easel. My easel's made from a, from a platform step ladder. So on the leg, it's kind of covered in this bluish green mess of dried up paint. And there's a really clean spot. And that is exactly where, when every time in those episodes, Bob would say, okay, here's the fun parts. My favorite part, we're going to beat the devil out of it. And on that leg, that's where he did that's it. And that's that spot. And that's the thing that you cannot replicate anywhere else. And we wash our brushes with odorless thinner and a really really recommend you use odorless thinner. You'll be working by yourself in a heartbeat. Shake off the excess and then beat the devil out of it. <laughs> that's, that's the most fun part of this whole technique. And sitting atop Bob's homemade easel is season 14's Windy Waves. These capes traditionally are, are sort of hard to paint, but I, I try to show you an easy way of making very effective little seascapes. And just around the bend from the living room turned Joy of Painting Studio is... Another living room? It was really important to us right from the beginning that there would be both Bob's studio and an opportunity to see 
kind of a generic way that, that the fans would have experienced him when they first experienced Bob. Like a time capsule. It's like a time capsule of an 80s living room, which is funny because you would tell some staff, we're going to do an 80s living room, and they'd be like, that's not history, right? But sometimes we forget that history was yesterday. History was an hour ago. Um, so for us, capturing a 1980s moment, uh, the one thing we all agreed on without any discussion was that it had to have an Afghan. But then from there, you know, which, which 80s living room do you want? Do you want the wood-paneled basement look? Or, you know, is it grandma's? Is it the time period when they did purple and blue and teal in the late 80s, early 90s? There were a lot of debates on, does this living room look like a holdover from the basement and Stranger Things in the first season? Or is this Rose and Blanche and Dorothy's living room in the Golden Girls. It's right. It's right. And the answer is somewhere in the middle. Somewhere I was going to say, I feel a little bit of both. <laughs> Describe it that way. Yeah. Complete this famous saying: Better late than Blanche pregnant. <laughs> Museums or experiences are always looking to add new pieces, new artifacts. I asked George and Jessica if the same holds true here in Minatrista. We're looking for those Bob pieces that really connect to our community and this story here. So as an example, we were able to acquire through the generosity of a community member a pallet knife. And they came in and they said, we have a pallet knife and I'd like to talk to you about it. And I said, okay, that's interesting. So they came in and I said, so was this one of Bob's? And they said, no. And I said, okay, well, what's the story behind it? Well, as I mentioned before, Bob designed his own products. He was working on designing a new handle for his palette knife for his line of supplies. He was living here in Muncie. He didn't have a wood lathe. He knew how to use one, so he went over to a friend's house, borrowed the lathe, worked out his new design for that palette knife handle. So when it went into production, Bob had one pulled off the production line, had the knife engraved with a thank you to his friend who had let him come over to his garage, borrow his tools, make that design. And that's the palette knife that walked in our door. So suddenly now it's an item that yes, shows what the tools were that Bob was using, but it also captures this really wonderful story about how Bob was truly part of this town and friends with his neighbors and people here. When all else leaves you, your friends are still there. If they're true friends. Got so many friends here, this this fellow's never going to be alone. There we go. When word got out in the community that we were going to be doing the Bob Ross experience, we started to get those calls and started to get those emails that said, hey, you know, I have something that you might one. And so we were able to put together uh, a show of all the paintings that local Muncie residents owned, right? And we called them Bob at Home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this idea that these are the paintings that Bob gave to his friends. These aren't paintings necessarily that he sold, you know, the way that like, we think of, oh, can you buy a Bob Ross? That kind of story, those kinds of revelations, that's what we're always looking for. I empathize. Just like the folks who run the Bob Ross experience, I'm always on the hunt for stories about Bob, new revelations that help keep the memory and the spirit of our favorite happy TV painter alive. Hey, what, maybe right here. Maybe there's a nice tree right here, big enough. And a few little things that live in here. When you're doing your painting, just sort of make up little stories and put these things right in wherever you want them, wherever you think they should live. And that's where they should be. We head upstairs to the top level 
Halfway up the steps, George stops to show me a painting on the first landing. The certified Ross instructors are special visitors for us because they've been through the process, they understand Bob's philosophy, they understand how Bob paints, and so they held a reunion. And when they did the reunion, they came to our place, and it was Bob's birthday, and so we made a special birthday present for Bob. It was before any of this was, right? These were all empty rooms. And we invited every certified Ross instructor who joined us to add one tree to one of four canvases. And so one of those, they have the large canvas up there on the, on the stairs, and each one of those, each tree that you see represents a CRI who was here that day. The Bob Ross experience isn't just about seeing art, or even the cool stuff that Bob used on TV and behind the scenes. It's a space that pays tribute to the folks who've experienced Bob the Human, the Muncie community members that turned this house into a public television station, the colleagues that Bob cherished, and the instructors who continue to help him spread the joy of painting. We have instructors that travel all over the country teaching people this. You cannot believe what, what people are doing. Let's get crazy. Where do you want to start first? And wherever you want to start, it's fine by me. On one side of the top level stands a gallery space for Bob's paintings. The full season 15 collection wraps around a large wall in the center of the room. We've filled the gallery with series 15 because series 15 was the last series to be filmed here in LL Ball home before WIPB moved over to their more modern, larger, more lush <laughs> studio over at Ball State. So that was a piece for us to want to highlight because these paintings have never been back together again, nor together again in this space until right now. But the other piece here, we're calling it big decisions, is actually getting at the fact that every time that Bob does a painting, sometimes it's at the end, sometimes at the beginning, he always drops in, okay, so you've got a big decision here to make. Now then, maybe there's some, look at there, maybe there's a little meadow that lives right out here in front of this. You have to decide, is it straight across? Does it have little hills in it? Make the decision, tap it in. When you have this much power, you have to make big decisions. There we go. So what we've done is really pulled out series 15 and what we're trying to do is highlight for our visitors some ways to look at these a bit closer and see these big decisions that Bob was talking about and give our visitors space to think about how that applies to their lives and the big decisions they make every day. It's your world, so you decide. You gotta make big decisions. That's a responsibility that comes with painting. Most folks know that Bob did more than one version of each of the paintings that we saw on TV. And he repainted some for the Joy of Painting books. A lot of those versions are here too. When you have the opportunity to see like you can right here, the example one that he brings into the studio, the one that he does inside the studio, and then the book version, you suddenly get an idea that not only is he a great artist, but the way he was able to translate that so I could do it, that's a great teacher. Your painting will be different than my painting. Don't try to just copy what I'm doing here. That's not no fun. Shoot. This is freedom. This is the most free style of painting that I've ever seen. And I think I've tried most styles of painting. We don't use any patterns, we don't sketch. We just sort of let it happen. You, you visualize a scene in your mind. Just visualize it. And you very, very soon, with a little practice, you learn to take that scene that you, you saw in your mind and drop it on canvas. And that's what we want to teach you here. And just down the hall, in what was perhaps Lucius Ball's bedroom about 100 years ago, is a larger space, the workshop. 
This seems to be the interactive portion of, right. of the Bob Ross experience. Oh, definitely. CRIs who we've talked to, Chris Taylor, Faye Fletcher, Doug and Eddie, they pop in often to teach Bob's method for many of the happy little visitors who come through. Standing here in this room with George and Jessica, my next question comes easy. Have you painted like Bob Ross? It was the first thing we did. We had begun the research, we talked with uh, Joan Kowalski, and she invited us out to come to the Bob Ross Certified Instructors Reunion. And we joined people who had been painting, some for decades, right? <laughs> people who had learned to paint under Bob. Yeah. And it was my first time picking up the paintbrush. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I froze. Right? It was a And I will canvas. confirm it because I was sitting at a table behind him. Right. He froze. I froze. <laughs> and, and I think of myself as a risk taker, right? I, I, I often will say, hey, let's just go. But this one time, brush held inches from the canvas. I couldn't do it. Uh, I had my 14-year-old daughter with me, and she just leaned over and said, Dad, it's okay. Don't be scared. And, and that was it. Right? Your Maybe. daughter was channeling Bob in that she moment. She was. Yeah. She was totally challenging Bob. She understood Bob better than I did, which is why you have to paint. Even if you've never painted before, certainly this is a snap. You can do this. There. Look at there. Look at there. There they come. When you're painting in this technique, you just sort of you let your imagination go so that your mind wander. Because you can create any illusion that you want. Just... Let your mind think of things and and off you go. The Bob Ross Experience, a perfect illustration of how Bob's legend continues to grow. For years, Bob's work in this house echoed throughout the world and met people in their living rooms. Now, anyone can literally step into the joy of painting's living room. The more folks that visit Minatrista and this happy little house, the more these walls will fill, the more landscapes and florals will be painted. And the more this space will become vibrant with Bob Ross's legacy. So if you ever, if you ever around the Muncie or Indianapolis area, stop by and say hello. Tell them I sent you. Find out more about the Bob Ross Experience at minatrista.net/slash/bobrossexperience. The old clock at the Paul House tells me we've got another finished podcast episode. I want to thank my guests George Buss, Jessica Jenkins, and Dorothy Bolger. This happy little episode was produced with help from James Shapiro at Jansen Media and mixed by Digital Sound and Video of Daytona Beach, Florida. Support your local public television station. Say thanks for giving us Bob Ross and the joy of painting. We want to see your paintings. Use hashtag PaintLikeBobRoss. Bob Ross certified instructors are the only ones that know how to teach you Bob's world-famous painting method. Don't settle for second best. Find a local CRI at BobRoss.com and then click Take a Class. If you've got your own Bob Ross story to tell, please tell it to me. Leave us a message at 866-FANBRUSH. Or you can email us at podcast at bobross.com. And follow us on Instagram at bobross underscore the joy of painting. I'm Ron Scalzo. The Joy of Bob Ross is written and produced by me, Ron Scalzo, in partnership with Bob Ross, Inc. Bob Ross name and images are registered trademarks of Bob Ross, Inc.